day 81. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. I'm John. And I'm Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to look through it and see God. We don't come to it primarily to look at it and see ourselves. All right. Yeah. Second Samuel 5. Yeah, this is this is a very huge episode. Yes. So let me just say that. Um, first, remember my man Ishbosheth. Right. <laughs> he dies last yep. chapter, chapter four, or uh day eighty. And um he was Saul's son. Right. So it, it's a wrap. Yeah. Saul's family is done. Done. So now David. David is not just king over Judah, he's king over Israel. Right. Right? There's only three people in the history of the Bible outside of the Lord Jesus who will be king over a united monarchy. Right. right over the united people of God, because after Solomon, it's gonna split. It's Saul, it's David, and it's Solomon. Right. David here becomes king of Israel. Now we learn, bro, about the nature of kingship in Israel, bro. This is gonna help us out in understanding the Lord Jesus. Yeah. Fam, the people of Israel come to them, make David king, and they say, "You are a shepherd." Right. Right. So in other words, the kingship in Israel in Israel was about shepherd kings. Right. Why is that important? Because shepherds care for sheep. Right. And what Saul was not on, <laughs> he was not caring for no sheep. He Saul was, not, was a wolf king. He was a wolf king. <laughs> right. <laughs> he he a new didn't office. feed, Saul didn't feed the sheep. Yeah. Saul fed on the sheep. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's good. Yeah. And that's how you know wolves from shepherds. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Um. So, so David is a shepherd. He is uh, the Lord's anointed. He is the Mashiach, right? The Lord's anointed in scripture is another way of talking about the Messiah, yeah. right? So he's the Messiah before the Messiah, right? Yeah. Um, and so he is the prototype, bro. He's the ultimate God we've seen. Righteous reign, persecuted, innocent, yeah. uh, uh, cared for the Lord's anointed, loved his enemies, hold on. And, um, you know, God from the beginning, bro, was not always just about a nation or even a family, but a kingdom, yeah, right? Where he could rule over his people, through this uh, representative on earth, and David is that guy right, right here. And this whole episode is just going to go in about how that comes to play, yeah. the covenant, the promises, and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Chapter 5, verse 4, right? It says this, David was 30 years old when he began his reign. He reigned for 40 years. Here's why that's important. Yeah. David was anointed to be king at 16 or 17 years old. Young boy. And so he sees the realization of what God prom promised 13 years later. Look. God keeps his promises, mm. but the people of God have to wait on God to keep his promises, mm. right? So God's people, and we say this all the time, God's people are waiting people, yeah. right? God's people are forward looking. God makes a promise. He keeps it. In the interim, what it requires is this faith constantly looking up at God when everything around you says this isn't going to come to pass. And I think right here in that one verse, we see, yo, it took a long time, but God always comes through. God's delayed promises are not denied promises. Yeah. So it's interesting too. That's so good. Um, <clears throat> his first thing he does as a king, what does he do? Yeah. He takes the capital city of the Jebusites. Right. Now, the Jebusites, that should ring ring bells in our head. The Jebusites right. were a Canaanite people group, people group. The people of God are supposed to take the Canaanites uh, and, and engage in holy war with them. Right. Take the Jebusites uh, 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 as a capital city, and he names it Jerusalem. Mm. Right. Jerusalem is going to be this prominent <laughs> uh, city throughout the Bible, even right. where the Lord Jesus will die. Now, what's interesting is they named this place the city of David. 
Yeah. Now you know you're different. Right. You got a city. <laughs> right. Dr. King got a got a street in every in every neighborhood in, in yeah. America. <laughs> but David got a city. Right. So it's the city of David. Yeah. Right. He is the first king. And he provides this military victory, bro. So so now Jerusalem is the political capital, right? Mm. Of God's kingdom. Yeah. Right. This is the place where people will come to worship the Lord. And David is the one who uh uh sets that up. Now what's interesting in six. It's not just going to be the political capital. It's going right. to be the religious capital. Right. Because he takes that ark yeah. and makes sure it's in Jerusalem, right? Yeah. Where God's... And remember, the ark was God's throne. Right. So we see now that David's throne and God's throne are reigning out of the same right, spot. Right, 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 right. And so uh, this stuff is not arbitrary. It's important. Yeah. What David is trying to establish, God's kingdom is coming to fore on earth. This is big stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah, Israel is... um. A monarchy. What's interesting too is about the ark. <laughs> this guy Uzzah tries to carry the ark, bro just dies, <laughs> and we see that it's not just that you know God is running on earth. Like this holy God is running on earth. The same guy who told Moses like, "Yo, remove your sandals. Yep. This is holy ground." Um, he's not nothing to be played with. Yeah, and we're gonna see that too. And David sends it away uh, initially because he's yeah, yeah, frustrated, mad, scared. But then the place that he sends it to, right? And and again, right, this is this is juxtaposing what takes place in first Samuel. Yep. You remember the ark was captured mm. and to the enemies of God, the yeah. presence of God was a source of curse. Yes. Now to the people of God, the ark moves and Obed Edom mm. blessing. Yeah. And David sees that and he's like, I right, yo. It's not that God's presence should be feared in terms of me being scared of it. It mm. needs to be reverenced and respected. That's good. That's so it. he brings That's it back word. in and says, all right, no, no, no. God, I'm going to put you here, right, next to the throne, in your or, or on the throne in a sense, in your rightful place, yeah. and I'm going to reverence uh, it. And we see now it's this source of blessing mm -hmm. right and yeah yeah no that's excellent um i think what is too is david because he's 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 working with the ark he has this kind of like priestly function he's not right. a priest mm. but he has this priestly function and we're going to see like i said before the offices of priest yeah. prophet and king are going to come together in jesus right. but he has this priestly function in that he's bringing the presence of god to the people of god and that's right. what the priests do yeah right um but also too god is holy uh Uzzah dies mm. but what what happens here too at the end of that god's holiness fam is not something to just reverence and mm. respect, mm. but it's also something that leads to rejoicing. So right. you're gonna see here that they get hyped. Ooh. The ark is here. We right. good, right? The kingdom is here. Um, and you know, part of sin, man, is seeking to receive joy from another source rather than the source. Right, right. right so right. God is the source of joy. And mm. David sees that, or David understands that. And he's hype, he's dancing, he's happy. And his former wife gets jealous <laughs> and speaks about, you know, uh, she sees the rejoicing of David. And gets jealous yeah. about his relationship with the Lord, and so uh, it's just interesting that kind of juxtaposition as well. That one is rejoicing about God's throne, and one is not. Yeah, you know. And literarily, what's going to take place here is it's not just going to call her Michael; it's going to call her Saul's daughter, Saul's Michael. Daughter. That's good to to let you see. Oh, wait, wait, wait! Yeah, look at this. She's acting yeah, petty like her Saulish. daddy, right? <laughs> yeah. And so David just says, "Listen." Saul's daughter, right? Mm. Don't forget, God took your daddy off the throne and put me on the throne. And and so in this, um, 
Yo-Yo in this uh, strange way, he's saying, no, no, listen, I'm not worried about public appearance or public perception. I'm giving honor to God and I don't mind looking like a fool as I do so. It was God who chose me over your petty daddy that's making me do this. <laughs> don't forget that, yeah, right? And absolutely. we just see it. David, once again, just it being so secure in what God has done and who God had called him to be. Mm. And it's ah, chapters five through eight are great because we see, all right, look, David was faithful throughout all of Saul's persecution of him. Mm. Even on this rise, David is mm. faithful. Um, David is somebody that handles a, uh, adversity mm. extremely well. Mm. Um, and the hope is, yo, this is the guy, this is the king, this is the seed that we've waited on since Genesis 3, mm. uh, but as the rest of the story pans out, um, we're, we're gonna see that, oh, no, nah, no, nah, David, David has his flaws and his faults too. Yeah, but I, but I don't. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We bro. don't want to get there yet. Yeah, we want to yeah, get there. Yeah, yet. Yeah. It's, it's a high point. This right is the here. rise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two Samuel seven. Listen, yep. fam. Listen. Underline it. Memorize it. Right. Circle it. Write it on the tablet of your heart. <laughs> because this is one of the most important chapters in the Bible. Right. Right. Mm. I think you know what Genesis one to three. Yeah. You know Genesis six to nine is important. Exodus Genesis 19, 12. Ex, uh, Genesis 12 and 15. Yep. Sorry about that, Abraham. You know, Exodus 19, 24, yeah. Deuteronomy, right? All these books. It's high points in the Bible that are trying to... Like, if you get these passages, right. you got the Bible. Now you trace the storyline of the whole thing. Trace the storyline of the whole thing. And what yeah. these passages have in common, bro, right. is this concept of covenant, bro. Right. Right? God is going to establish this oath-bound promissory relationship with a head. Right. So he did it with Adam, he yeah. did it with Noah, he did it with Abraham, he did it with Moses, and yeah. he's doing it with David. Right. And this is what uh, everyone has said, scholars have said, is the Davidic covenant, right? And David brought, brings the ark back. Right. He's like, yo, ark God intense, bro. Right. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> the God of the universe right. in a tent, bro? Like, ah. Yeah. And so what he wants to do, and he's like, God, I want to build a house for you. Yeah. Right. I want to honor your reverence and I want to uh, honor and have the type of reverence and respect for your holy name. And God responds immediately through his prophet. And he says, man, you know, through prophet Nathan, he's like, at the end of the day, like, you're not going to build a house for me. I'm going to build a house for you. Right. And uh, he's going to build this house for David, bro. And he chooses David specifically, not just to be king but to work through to build a house right. and build a dynasty and a mm -hmm. kingdom. But also he says to him, he's going to make his name great. Right. That echoes back mm -hmm. to Abraham. Genesis 12. Genesis 12. Yeah. But he also says on top of that, um, you know, this place that he's going to give them is going to be a kingdom and they'll live there peacefully. And, you know, this dynasty is what he's going to build. So it's not just that, you know, a house will be built for God. His son will build a house for, for God. But the house will be built, for, be built for David as well. So it's mm. just kind of play on words yeah. here in the Davidic covenant. Yeah. Um, that yeah. God is going to determine the way David will be used. Yeah. David won't. Yeah. Contentment comes not in fulfill or contentment comes really in fulfilling God's will for our lives, mm. not in fulfilling our will for our lives. And so yeah. God once again takes David's good intentions mm. and God's going to 
reroute him and say, yo, David, this is the way uh, that I want to use you. And chapter eight, you know, verse six and 14, once again, we see this, the Lord made David victorious wherever he went. Yeah. And we see once again what the presence of God does when it's at work, right? When, when the presence of God is resting on the servant of God, we see victory, we see triumph, and we see peace. Yeah. And I think, too, uh, what's interesting is, like you said, he gives the promises and then you see the victory to go with the promises. Um, but, but he says that your son, right, from your right. body will occupy, occupy the throne. And then he says his kingdom will endure forever. Right. Now it's interesting because he's talking about Solomon. Right. But he's also talking about his greater son. Right, right, right. But what is also interesting as well is that, um, you know, the Davidic kingdom, even amidst all the sin we're going to see in 1 Kings and 2 Kings, right. and in even 2 Samuel, um, outlasted any other dynasty in the ancient world. Bro. Right. For over 430 years. Right. Right. There was a, a king in Israel on David's throne. Right. And then the exile comes and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, that out that far surpasses any other dynasty in the ancient world, right? Right, that we know of to date. Yeah, right, which is amazing. Um, but a few hundred years later, the Lord Jesus comes, and the New Testament will say, "Bro, it's because of His resurrection, right? Right, because He rose from the grave that no one ever will be able to secure His throne. He'll never be unseated." And um, again, bro, this descendant language. The same word that he uses here for descendant is the same word for seed, bro. Right. So Genesis 3.15, we see like the promises as as God's history and the scriptures unfold, God's promises become more and more clear. Initially, right. we just thought it would be a seed that'll crush the head of the serpent. Yeah. Then we'll see it would come from Abraham's line. And now we see it'll be this royal seed who will also be God's son. Yeah. In the Old Testament, bro, people at least not as clearly as now, thought of themselves individually right. as God's sons. Yeah. But what God says to him here is like, no, 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 your descendant will not only be your son, right. but he'll be my son. Mm. And this is why in Romans 1, 1 through 4, Paul was in the text, bro. Right, right, right. He says, yo, no, 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 the gospel of God, it's about Jesus who was descended from David. Right. Right. But also who was declared to be the son of God in power according to the resurrection of the dead, yeah. spirit of holiness. And so, um, yeah, man, all of this here is foreshadowing the, the work of Christ who is going to bring God's kingdom on earth right. fully one day. Only what David did in shadowy form. Yeah. That, uh, Christ would do in reality and ultimate. Mm, amen. Form as well. Yeah, let's pray. Father, we, we pray. We thank you for the covenant and the, the promises you established with David that apply to us as well right now, Lord. We pray that we will remember these words. We will remember your victory that has been accomplished in your king and that we will submit to you uh, for the rest of eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.